Welcome to Fountain of Life Worship Center's podcast. We're glad you're here with us today. Today you will hear a message previously recorded from our pastor, youth pastor, or a guest speaker. Join us as we know God, grow in God, and go with God today. Let's jump into the message. First off, I'd like to thank everybody here for their prayers. In case you don't know me, I was dead. <laughs> they give my wife, they told her 50-50%. That's less than a month ago. Right at a month ago. And there's a lot of things that you don't realize are spiritual until you have to do them in a room full of people when you're used to privacy. <laughs> you're used to doing for yourself. You don't have no strength, and you got to rely on people. You find out who your friends are. And I really do appreciate the prayers. It's what saved my life. I give all the glory to God because I was out. For two weeks, I was out. Completely under a paralyzed, uh, whatever they call it, when they put you on the vent so you don't jerk a tube out. Because apparently I'm not a good patient, Pastor. <laughs> They said at Boone, before they transferred me, I was popping them one-inch straps off the bed. I don't know. I was out. So <laughs> I don't know. I was out. But I really appreciate your prayers. I covet them. Continue to pray. And if you don't care, have a seat. Because if you've heard me before, uh, I've got a little bit of ADD, so I'll kind of be everywhere and nowhere all at the same time. ADD is only a problem if you can't function. That's what they tell me. I don't know. And I, I told Pastor on my way up here, any, I'll give a disclaimer before I start. Any emails or questions can be directed to Richard Schultz after I'm done. 304-687-1989. My email is mygirlaliah, A-L-I-A, at yahoo.com. Because like he said, I am out of the box. Uh you always wonder when you get ready to say something because there's always an opportunity for the enemy to change your mind in a way to where you're going to be offended at what somebody says because you can't see life through their eyes. Now, I just told you I almost died, so I need to get a little break this evening, okay? We're going to start off in John 1, and I, I want to I I cut the roots to a tree that the church has fertilized for thousands of years. I mean, we need to just kill it. That dog don't hunt. We need to turn it loose. When me and my wife first started dating, she worked at Sam's Club, and I had a gas station and almost went bankrupt, but that's a whole other sermon. When I would shut the gas station down, I would drive to Madison. My gas station was right below Carl Bragg's up 17. I don't know if y'all probably don't know where that is. About a 30-minute drive. I will drive all the way to Magic Mart to spend five minutes with my wife. She wasn't my wife then. She's my girlfriend. And it wasn't nothing inappropriate. I just really wanted to be around her. And these last two months, I've got to spend a lot of time with her. Well, the hospital don't really count because, once again, I'll go ahead and say I was out of it. But once we got home, we've had a good month. I mean, it's been filled with a lot of victories and some stuff going backwards. But I'm thankful that I got to be with her. God wants to be with you. And I don't mean in just this, like this when we have our own version of what spirituality is, those moments, and there's, that's room for that too at the cross. I'm not discounting that. But he wants to be with you 
all the time. I have written proof that he has a desire to be with you. I'm going to start off in 1 John, and I'm going to go, or John chapter 1. I'm going to go back and forth. Like I said, you may not even want to open your Bible. Yeah, that's how I preach. John 1, 14, and the Word was made flesh. Everybody know who that is, right? And dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. The glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John bare witness of him and cried, saying, This was he of whom I spoke, or spake. He that cometh after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. And of his fullness have all we received, and grace for grace. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. A lot of times we start with the stuff that we can, like all the stories from when we were kids, Moses and Abraham and David. And this love story actually goes all the way back to the garden. In Genesis 26, God spoke, let us make human beings in our image. Make them reflecting. This is out of the NIV because it kind of tailored what I want to say. That's how, you t that's how you find out what translation of the Bible you need to read. Can you all hear me? That's a joke. Pastor laughed. <laughs> so, sorry. Make them reflecting our nature so they can be responsible for the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, the cattle, and yes, earth itself, and every animal that moves on the face of the earth. God created human beings. He created them godlike, reflecting God's nature. He created them male and female. God blessed them, prosper, reproduce. Pay attention. Feel earth. Is anybody not on earth tonight? Last time I checked, we was all standing on earth. Just, I want to make that clear. Take charge. Be responsible for the fish in the sea, birds in the air, for every living thing that moves on the face of the earth. Adam, I'm going to bust y'all up, had a job. Everybody say, Adam had a job before he sinned. Hallelujah. Stop fussing. <laughs> that was free. He had a job before he sinned. God told him, this is, I'm summing this up. Me and Preston was talking the other day at lunch about this. God sat down with Adam and told him, listen, do you see all this I created in this garden? I want you to reproduce it. Come on. Feel the earth. Prosper. See, the Garden of Eden wasn't necessarily just a garden. You know, it wasn't like you was going to the Greenbrier and walking around, oh, look at these lovely lilies. <laughs> it was a meeting place. Now, we all come to church, and people talk about them spiritual places, and they talk about where the boogers is, too. Oh, don't go there. It's haunted. You know, everybody knows there's these places in our realms that interact in different ways with the spiritual realm. With the spiritual realm. The Garden of Eden was an overlap of heaven and earth. You know why I know? Written evidence. Genesis 3 and 8. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden. In the cool of the day. 
And Adam and his wife hid themselves this after they sinned from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. The garden was an overlap place. Kind of like customs. God told Adam to spread that. Why? Why would God tell him to spread that? Why would I ask for more than five minutes with my wife? He wanted to spend more time with Adam and Eve. He wanted a greater opportunity to be with them, to walk with them, to dwell with them on planet earth. That's why he charged them. And it didn't go away when he kicked him out of the garden. He just had to deal with thorns and thistles and all the other stuff that had come up after he messed up. He told Adam to spread the garden because he wanted to be with Adam more often. I've never heard it preached like that. Well, you should. If he didn't want to be with us, why did he even make the garden? Why did he make Adam and Eve? I mean, we didn't even got to the cross and stuff. Or the Red Sea or all them songs we... The walls come down and all that stuff. We ain't got to none of that yet. This is the very beginning. He gave him a charge to spread the garden and God would walk the garden every day. I would go ahead and mayhap think that it might increase the distance that they walk every evening if the garden was a little bit bigger. He has a desire to dwell with man. Because if it ain't good for us to be alone, then he wants to be with us. See, we as church people, you th we think that there's certain areas in our life where God ain't there, where he's not with you. You know, the whole time, I well, I'm not going to get into this because this is this. I, well, no, because everybody wants to know if I had coffee with Jesus and stuff. I didn't have no coffee with Jesus when I was out, okay? I did a lot of fighting and a lot of working, and it don't make sense, and I can't share it with everybody because it won't make sense to you either. But one thing I do know, I not one time while I was under was I concerned about my immortal soul. No fear. Now, I was fighting for my natural life. But he wants, he does, we're not supposed to live in this place where we feel like it's, well, God, you know, he's not with me. He, I, now, I've done this bad thing, and you don't understand. You know, that is, that is well... It's the same thing as pride. How, what do you mean, preacher? Well, if I come in here and told y'all about something great that I did, and I spent 20 minutes in this pulpit explaining how great it was, and it was a great thing, and I did it, and you need to look and recognize, and I bring my thing and set it up here, and it's a big award, and I tell you how much it was, and it's got gold on it and all, you'd get tired of that real quick. Maybe some of you go to the bathroom, go back in the kitchen, get a drink of water. You know what I'm talking about, right? What's the difference of me getting up here and tell you how bad I am? I'm still talking about myself. Boy, you can feel it sizzle when you say stuff like again, <laughs> like bacon. <laughs> Sometimes we're too preoccupied with what we think and say about ourselves. Stuff that shouldn't even cross your mind. Well, do you think anybody care if I wore that? I could care less what you think about my clothes. I mean, if I got a hole in it, please tell me. I mean, you know, if there's something, I dropped a chicken wing, tell, let me know. But, I mean, other than that, I really could care less what you think. That's not being disrespectful. I, my clothes have to do with what my mother and my wife buy me and what fits my body. 
at that time. Sadly, everything I got now I'm pulling up because I lost about 30 pounds while I was asleep. <laughs> Which is the only way I found I can lose weight. <laughs> Jesus, help me. It's like a comedy routine, ain't it? He had Adam in the mindset to spread the garden because his desire was to dwell with Adam. He wanted to be with Adam and Eve. His heart was to be with them. Jeremiah 7, 23, But this thing commanded I them, saying, Obey my voice, I will be your God, and ye shall be my people. And walk ye in all the ways that I have commanded you, that it may be well unto you. I'm going to keep reading some verses. He said, I'll be your God, and you can be my people. Jeremiah 11 and 4, which I commanded your fathers in the day that I brought them forth out of the land of Egypt from the iron furnace, saying, Obey my voice and do them according to all which I command you, so shall you be my people, and I will be your God. Exodus 29, 45, 46. And I will dwell among the children of Israel and will be their God. And they shall know that I am the Lord their God that brought them forth out of Egypt, that I may dwell among them, and I am the Lord their God. Leviticus 28. See, it sounds like a repeating, like your CD skipping or something. No, I'll be your God. You be my people. Do you know, have you ever, you, how many people got kids? How many people got a dog? If you ain't got either one of them, did you just you're, you don't have to worry about this. Oh, how many people got a spouse? <laughs> how many times, what's the rule? How many times do you have to repeat yourself before you're allowed to get mad? I want to know what that is. Two, no, you're wrong because I know that's wrong. <laughs> two, no, you're wrong. I love you, Trina. That's wrong. Oh, I thought you said two. I was going to say, I know that ain't right. You repeat yourself over and over again. Can you imagine being God? He's sitting there. He's up in heaven. He's talking to Moses. He's talking to Jacob. He's talking to David. He's like, look, do the stuff I ask you to do. When you mess up, just let me know. I'll forgive you, and I'll be your God. You get to be my people. I'm expecting, I'm glad he ain't human. Because after about the 25th time I said that, y'all would be on your own. I would find something else to do. He has spent eons trying to convince man that the whole reason he created us was just to be with us. And church has propitiated the lie that we'll never be good enough to be with him. You special then, ain't you? More specialer than I am because I'm a mess and he wants to be with me. We have to go. That's one of those things you just have to go ahead and figure. You just, okay, God loves me. He wants to dwell with me. If I need to talk to him, I can do it while I'm mad in my car by myself before I go to work, getting ready to chew on the steering wheel because I'm frustrated. Well, you can't do it then, Brother Richie. You got to get in, get the put oceans on. You got to get the lights just right. Got to get the incense. <laughs> Anna loves me no matter what. I have tested that. I'm not proud of it. 
And she's human like I am. How much more? I spent my father's entire funeral setting everybody up to quote one verse at him. I told stories. My dad wasn't perfect. He was a good man, though. He was a great man. I told stories about some of the cool stuff he did when I was a kid and all this stuff and what he'd done for me. And everybody's, oh, God, he's preaching his daddy's funeral. It's so spiritual. And he's crying and stuff. And then right at the end, I said, so if my dad, Bobby Schultz, who spent quite a bit of time in his life not maybe doing what the Lord would have him do, if, if Bill knows, he was there. <laughs> Sorry, Bill. Didn't mean to uncover you. And he was a good man, and y'all all come out here to see him, and he's a good man. How much more? Does your heavenly father want to love and give you good things? And I know my dad was probably saying, you got him, son. Yeah. Squirming in their seats. This is hard preaching. Amen. This is hard preaching. If I get up here and start talking about the stuff that y'all don't like, and I get a big crowd going, yeah, everybody, I don't like that stuff. We could talk about politics. Clothes, books that you ain't supposed to read, television shows that's all went to hell in a handbasket. Oh, I get everybody fired up. And then you go out there in the parking lot, and the first booger you run across whoops a tar out of you, and you wonder where Jesus is. I want to give you something that works. If you walk out in the parking lot, whether you're in a good mood or bad, God's with you. You just have to learn how to access it. It's not a recipe, it's a given. Everybody say, it's a given. I don't believe you. (laughs) It is a given. God has a desire to be with us. And it don't have to be overly emotional. We want to put a cookie stamper on everybody. And everybody got to act it. Now, Brother Richie, you didn't didn't spin around three times and throw salt over your left shoulder. We might have to pray again next Sunday. How do people feel that's actually broken? Now, listen, I, most of y'all's got sense, right? Shake your head anyway. I can, I've been around church people my whole life. So when we come in here, I can pretty much figure what's going to happen. I get it. It's like if you come in my house and I got my shoes off. When you come in, you take your shoes off. This house, I've been to this house, went here for two years. I know what to expect when I come in here. Just like if you come to my house, you're going to see me on the couch with my feet on it probably, with no shoes on because I don't wear shoes. You can wear shoes in your house if you want to. But most people, when they go in the house and somebody got their shoes off, they take their shoes off. So I understand how the house works. Does everybody know what I'm talking about? Everybody got a little thing you like to do. We got that special song of Sister So-and-So. She's going to get up and run when you sing it. Everybody had to say, man, that boy's preaching now. God Almighty, we know these things. We understand them. And I can tolerate it because, like I said, I've been in church my whole life. But what if somebody comes in here that's actually broken? They don't know about that song. So when that song comes, it kind of touches them, so they stand up. Well, Sister So-and-So, that's her running song, whether the Spirit's here or not. Well, she plows plumb over top of that girl. And she was going to get, I church, I've seen this stuff. And this girl's broken. She's got stuff in her life that's actual problems. Sister so-and-so had a bunion and almost didn't come, but she somehow the Spirit led her and she was here. 
Come on. This is reality. When the church comes to church, our expectation should be that lost people are here. I want to preach to lost people. Church people don't like my preaching. Lost people eat it up because they wait. I don't have to go to hell. Are you serious? I don't have to be perfect. I got. I can figure it out as I go. Yeah, everybody else did. They just didn't tell you. Been going to church too long. I can't help it, y'all. This is all. This is me. I, I don't. My poor wife, bless her heart. She's a saint. There's a special place for her in heaven. James 4, this is the brother of Jesus. And I love it. In the, I, like, I know some of you don't like the message, and that's fine. I like it because, it, like I said, it depends on what you're trying to say. James 4, and do you suppose God doesn't care? The proverb has it that he's a fiercely jealous lover. He loves you. He wants to be with you. In my mess, in your mess. But you don't know my you don't know my mess. We have to take that as a given. This is not where you come to commune with God. This is where you come to commune with other believers. I carry God with me everywhere I go. Sometimes he probably likes to get out of the car. I can't blame him. Wished I could do. <laughs> but our lives have to, and it's not all, you know, like I said, as long as what's going on in your life can translate back to the fact that you believe that, you're going to see a whole lot less places where you just loot, you don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I don't, and you call pastor at 1030, pastor, they're going to quit making the John Deere 310. The Holy Spirit told me 15 years ago to buy that to mow my grass. I've bought three. This year they're no longer going to make it. Could you call for a prayer? People ask for stuff like this. Ask that man sitting right in that chair. Buy you a Cub Cadet. I don't care. <laughs> figure it out. But that's one of those things you just got to figure. God's with you. We had a doctor, and he's sweet. He's from across the pond. He's a good guy. I'm not going to give no names. But he bought a big brand new S-Class. And if y'all don't know what S-Class is, it's a very expensive Mercedes-Benz car. It's a humongous car. And this one was really fast and nice. And he come in there and he said, Oh, I would like to have my car blessed before I take it home. So he had this little guy come with the... And he was going around the car. Y'all, I'm not lying. All the way around the car. And when he got done, he took four lemons and put them underneath the tires. And he was saying some little thing. We was all watching. What's he doing? And then the guy got in the car and started it and backed over the lemons. Not sure what that did. Apparently, he was checking with his God that it's all right if he get that S-Class and bless it. It wasn't a limb. Pastor figured it out. Jesus, I need to do that for people. And don't get me wrong. I work on cars. There have been times when you get one that you can't fix, you can get the oil out and go, Jesus. 
<laughs> Maybe not in the most spiritual fashion, but <laughs> what normal life jams you up? And he's sitting over here on the sidelines. He's a, waiting for you to call on him. So he can say, shh, be still. We don't holler at him because we don't want to be corrected. We don't want to be told that it's not a big deal. The bad part about that is when you do get into a big deal, all the rest of that stuff don't matter. I've probably got about four or five more months, Trina, where you could say and do just about anything you want to me, and I will not care. I am walking, talking, using the bathroom by myself without five people in the room watching. Uh, Y'all ain't been in the hospital then, have you? So I really don't care if you don't like my hair. And if, you, if I say something hurt your feelings, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> apologize. I mean, it won't keep me from saying it, but I will quickly apologize. Because I've actually been in some trouble here lately. And I had to figure it out. And the small stuff goes to the background. And you kind of wake up. And that's why when the church gets under oppression, people really start to cry out. Because everywhere they go, there's pressure. Listen, we ain't got to have all hell breaking loose before we get to the point that we believe God is with us. And we, that don't mean we're going to go take Madison. Or we're going, oh, we, listen, for all you... The election has already occurred. Whether you agree, come on, I, yeah, mm-hmm. Whether you agree or disagree with what happened, and I have a political opinion, but I'm going to be like Dolly Parton and keep mine to myself. Pray for who's in there. My God. Definitely, because I see what they're doing. Pray that God bless them. Because who was in charge of that? Okay. What does the Bible say about elected officials? Does anybody read their Bible? Everybody read your Bible. Who reads their Bible? Church people, come on. Does anybody know what it says about elected officials? Why are they in there? Does it Bible says stuff about that too? Does anybody know why? Who? Somebody got the right answer. God is in control. See, that goes back to that Him being with you. Turn off CNN and Fox News for an hour every day, okay? Get sane again. Your friends will thank you. I'm serious. That stuff, that is designed to incite you into frustration. And I get, it's okay to get the news. You've got to know what's going on. I look at the weather before I leave a house. Well, I better take an umbrella with me. It's going to rain. You know what I mean? I understand. But when that becomes the crux of your day, it's trying to figure out what's going to happen. I don't know. They don't know. God does. And who's he with? I love him shirts that say, Jesus loves you, but I'm his favorite. <laughs> I almost bought one, but I was afraid to wear it to church. 
He has a desire to be and dwell with you and everybody else. I can tell you right now that it's a trap. It's a trick. He did it on purpose, and I'm going to tell you why in a minute. Just remember I said that. So you got to get them thinking, you know. I got a little thing. Dwelling with God is not about perfection. It's about intention. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to know everything. And the reason I know this is because before Moses, they didn't even have a Bible. Anybody ever think about that? What do you do when you have trouble? Well, I pray, Brother Richie. What else? Well, I'll read the Bible. What if I took that from you? Jerk that Bible right out of your hand. See, figure it out. You know, most people couldn't read before. Then most of the people in the Bible couldn't read. That's not true. They wrote it. No, people wrote it for a lot of them, but they didn't all, Esther didn't write that down. She probably knew how to because she was in the king's court. But I'm just using for an example. Those people, a lot of them did not know how to read and write. I've got a, well, I've got my iPad up here. I've got my phone back there. I've got seven Bibles on my phone. I've got one on my iPad because it, it's full. I can't fit nothing else on there. It's only a 16 gig, so you can't put much on there. But I can get on the Internet. I can look up books of the Bible in different languages. I can look up books that are as old as the Bible that weren't canonized. Does everybody know what that word means? This group of people got together and said, I think this is the Bible. Let's pray about it. Okay, put it in there. You think I'm lying to you, don't you? <laughs> well, what if they got the wrong ones? God's with me. He's, he dwells with me. He wants to be with me. That's the whole purpose of the Bible. It's not Father, Son, and Holy Bible. I said this to my mom the other day. The Bible is a means to an end. It's a direction. It's like if, if I brought a map of California and talked about, oh, look, there's the Napa Valley. Oh, they have such lovely vineyards there. And here, look, down in Baja, the beaches are the sands white. And I tell you all about it. We ain't in California. This ain't California. This would be a map. The Bible is a means to an end. It's supposed to bring you into relationship with God. It is a way to teach you how to posture yourself, what to believe about yourself, what to believe about God, how to understand what He wants to say to you. And you go ahead and take it as truth the best you can. And you pray. You seek. You search. And He'll fill in all the blanks. You won't have to argue about if it's King James only or NIV or ASV or ABC or Message Bible. You won't have to be mad at... Uh, John or John Hagee or Creflo Dollar or Benny Hinn, you can just let all them fellers along. Pull Joe Osteen, somebody finally get off his back. Come on, church, hallelujah. Just go ahead and believe the best out of people. And when you deal with them, they do you wrong. Bible says you can mark them, you don't have to fool with them no more. So you know what? God bless all them pastors and preachers I just mentioned. And if they ever sell me car and it tears up, then I'll put a mark on my calendar. We worry about the things that are minor in life, and it's a distraction. I've seen people study books of the Bible so long, and it starts to affect the way you treat other people. For instance, 
if you're one of those people that are a law-oriented person, there's only one solution. Death. Maybe you should read it again. Death to yourself and death to everybody else. There's only one solution. If that becomes the main focus of your study in the Bible. Death. You're guilty of one, you're guilty of all of them. That's why Jesus said, you know what? Just love people and love God and get over it. And when you hurt somebody, apologize. Move on. Don't be offended at everything that happens. Because I'm with you. I know that God has a desire to dwell with me. Back to the original verse that I read when I started. And the Word was made flesh. You know, He did something impossible to us. God Himself made a showing on a corrupted world and He did it in human form and He came just to show us that it wasn't just about the words and the books and the prophets and the judges and the heroes. I want to be with you. I came here in the body of Jesus Christ, won back what you lost to Satan in the garden that he had before you had it, which is another sermon altogether, won it back as a human so you can't ever lose it again. The only way you're going to lose it is if you give it away. I came here just to show you this is my love letter of why I want to be with you and you believe it. And we still go throughout the ages thinking we're not enough. When the Bible in Romans talks about that we're, and people use this the wrong way and I get so frustrated, treading the blood of Christ underfoot, when it says there's no more sacrifice for sin, he was not talking about you can't make a mistake and ask for forgiveness. Everybody nod your head, yes, preacher, I know that, because see, there's scriptures after that that talk about it in a different way. He was talking to a group of people. When it says treading the blood of Christ underfoot, that means He says you're forgiven. He says you're worthy. He says you have access into heaven. He says all your sins have been washed away. He says you are my child. Can anybody hear what I'm saying? He says I love you so much that I died on the cross. He says I created all this just for you. He says all this stuff, and then you say, oh, I'm just, oh, gosh. And them, drug, them people down the road, they're on drugs. They ain't, my God, I, you know, I don't, that's awful. This whole world is going to hell in a handbasket. If we could just get back to the Word. Well, apparently you ain't been reading it because I can hear what, I can tell. When I talk to somebody, it takes me about five minutes to know if they read their Bible. It gets quiet when you say stuff like that because everybody knows what I'm talking about. David said he would put a, he, said he hired, well, it don't say it exactly, but he said he's going to put a guard over his mouth. And David's the kind of guy that I bet he went out and his, his mighty men, because he has some mighty men. Anybody know what I'm talking about? He walked the ranks. He's looking at him. He said, all right, you follow me around. When I say something stupid, you let me know. We ought to be able to correct each other. Not in a religious way, but in an encouraging way. 
nothing ought to cross. Bill Johnson says this, and I love Bill Johnson. He says, nothing should ever come out of your mouth about yourself that God wouldn't say about you. That would knock a hide off of you, won't it? God Almighty. If we could just believe that his desire was to dwell with us, to be with us, and believe it, how many of you? Well, that's not a good question. All the saved people, we invited Jesus into our heart, right? We did. Now, this COVID, I, like he said, the only, my mom got me a couple times during all that, but I didn't get to preach none last year, hardly, just at mom's church. And it's discouraging to me because I'll talk a lot. And when, when the Bible says it was like fire shot up in my bones, I've seen too many preachers act like it's an exciting thing. No, it ain't. Fire in your bones does not feel good. You can only get so much of it in you and it's got to come back out. He knows. So, understanding... Understanding who He is. Who you are to Him. And being able to believe that. And make it part of your lexicon. Your vocabulary. Your belief system. In a way that's linear. Not religious. Does everybody know what I mean? Christians are to be like some of the most even people in the world. We can get excited, we can get sad, we can get mad, but we ought not stay that way. Like, well, I shouldn't say it. Like, oh, uh, what's the name? Is it Saturday Night Live? Oh, Debbie Downer. Oh, my God. Or that one, everybody got that one. Oh, hallelujah. <laughs> Could you pass the salt? Hallelujah. <laughs> and you want to throw it at them because you're at Shoney's? And your waitress has got green hair and her, her eyeballs pierced. And you know she ain't trying to hear all that. And the only way you're going to witness to her is if you just be nice to her and give her a good tip and tell you love her. Jesus! Come on, everybody. There's a time and a place for stuff. And most of that comes from acting out of insecurity. It really does. People act like that because they're insecure. Well, if you believed you as God's child and He loved you and He died for you and He came here just for you and now He dwells in your heart. So I'm setting you up. If Jesus Christ sent the Holy Spirit and He's dwelling in your heart and God's... Oh, this is good, Pat. you like this. And God's desire is to dwell with you. Some of you done figured it out. Then you are to love His people. The ones at church know all. Everybody say all. All his people. The saved ones, nope. All his people. Till we get them saved, nope. You ain't even got to talk to them about that. Just love them. Chris Valentin says, you know, if you go to a car lot and the car salesman comes out and tells you you got nice pants, and boy, I swear, that's a good looking hat you got. He's trying to sell you a car. If people come here to a dinner, and we love them just enough to get them to go up here and have some kind of an emotional breakdown at the front of the church because all, everything's broke loose in their life, and they had to have this purge, you know. Everybody knows what I'm talking about. They get up there and they cry and all this stuff like that, and then we don't talk to them no more because we just loved them to get them saved. It was for their own good. 
You got to love them without an ulterior motive. My wife knows when I'm trying to get her to do something. Oops. So I'm not very, I'm a lot of things, but smooth ain't one of them, okay? I'm a blunt instrument. She knows. She's like, what do you want? She always says yes. But I mean, if we love people like that in a way that they're thinking, they're waiting for you to say, well, now if you just give your heart to the Lord, we'll give you some potato salad from the. Or, or out there, listen, everybody that gives their heart to Jesus gets 10 extra minutes in the free aisle for the clothes. And, and, and honestly, though, I have to say, this church is really good at loving people. That, most of that was just for, to make y'all laugh, but it's really the truth. It really is the truth. We have to love people without an ulterior motive. I love my wife, and I can't do anything about her love for me. That's why that song, that uh, reckless love, I love that song. He has no regard for whether or not you're going to love him back. He's just going to love you anyway. So if he dwells in your heart and he wants to be with you and he loves you, then we are to have this innate ability. Well, I don't. You know why? Because you don't believe he loves you that way. I can't give you $20, Angie. You know why? Because I don't have any cash. I have no cash on me. When the plate went by and I said, you got any money? I said, no, I don't carry cash. I'm too stupid. That's why I got an app. I pay on the app. The only way to give you something is if I have it or if I believe I have it. The belief that he dwells with you, that he has strained, if God could strain, which he can't, but if he could, if he could, he strained for centuries to explain to you through the Bible, through practical example, through people in your life to show you that his heart's desire was just to be with you. Everybody say, God, God. created me. Created. Why? To be with you, to love you, so that you'd love each other, you'd love other people. And you spread the garden so he could be with you even more. That's why he gave us marriage. That's why he gave us kids. It's another aspect of his love for us unveiled in the fleshly realm so we can understand a portion of what it feels like to be loved by God. Somebody amen that. He gave us all these abilities of emotional sides that we have so we can get pictures of him. That's why when he talked to Abraham, he'd tell him a different name all the time because we ain't got sense enough to hear it all at once. His desire is to dwell with you if you don't believe that. If you don't understand that, Christianity's hard. It's hard. If you can't believe that his main desire was for us and not against us, you'll spend your whole life fighting battles that you'll never win. Seeing enemies in places that they don't exist and flogging yourself every time you make a mistake when he already took all the flogging happy. Hey, that's why it happened on the cross. He took it all. Everybody say, he took it all. all. So you whip away. 
He took it all. Get rid of your cross. I know it's pretty in the front yard, but quit nailing yourself to it. He took it all. Go ahead and believe that he loves you. Know that he loves you. And you'll love other people. And you'll be contagious. You'll be like a virus. You think COVID's bad? Get you a Holy Ghost-filled person that loves people no matter what, that don't try to church them to death, that just wants people to see the best in themselves and their life, and they're not religious. And they're like a virus. You send them into a place where nobody's safe, you, they'll start coming to church because they, they either, they're either going through their purse to make sure they ain't high. We are still in Boone County. <laughs> or they want to know what's going on. And they'll follow you. They'll ask. And then you get to tell them, hey, I just believed a few years ago, God loves me. He did all this for me and for you. And I just happened to believe it. I love y'all. Like I said, I appreciate you. Any questions, frustrations, emails, send them to me. Leave Pastor alone. I'm sure he'll have plenty to deal with next week. Read it. My heart is, I either make you so mad that you want to prove me wrong and you go home and read the Bible. Or, I make you so happy that you go home and read the Bible. Thank you. The simplicity of the gospel. And we've made it hard. Hey, Richie, since you didn't have no cash, you can go to www.folwc.com. <laughs> Online giving, it's available. <laughs> Just so you know. Can you believe this guy was dead a month ago? <laughs> Talena, can you come up here and sing goodness of God? A month ago, he was dead. We were praying and praying and praying. And many people thought the next email we got or the next message we got was, Richie's dead. And he's alive. And he's sharing the gospel. I put you on the spot. <laughs> I just want, if anybody's got a need this evening, and you want to come to this altar, she gets ready to sing this song. One of the most profound things that he said tonight. And I think we're all guilty of it. We look for the worst in people. 
And we fight battles that God never intended for us to even be in. I recall, we, we've been talking about the story of David on Wednesday nights and, and there's been so many highlights of David's life and from young David to, to king. But one of my favorite stories that we've talked about on Wednesday night is the fact that when David went to the battlefield that day and his brother looks at him and he says, why are you here? Why don't you go back home and tend to the sheep. We, we see nowhere, Richie, in the Bible that David even acknowledged that. If that's us, the glove, I mean, jackets off, I mean, we're ready to fight. And I'm not just talking about natural brother, I'm talking about spiritual brothers, sisters. It's like we're always ready to fight. But when the enemy comes, we're ready to run. How many times have we fought battles that God never intended for us to even get involved in? Just so we could say, I was right. They were wrong. Look at me. time to be the church it's time for the church to show the nature of God and that's love I said it a couple weeks ago Richie I thought he was going to hit on it there's going to be people come to this altar they're going to give their life to Christ and they're going to walk out that door and stick a needle in their arm and you know what? They're still saved. They're still saved. We have forgotten to make disciples. We get them to the altar and we feel like we've we're, we've I mean we've accomplished what God called us to do. No. He said to go into all the nations teaching and making Disciples, getting somebody to the altar is not making a disciple. That is the starting point. Thank you. Can we sing this song? Can we just stand? If you got a need this evening and you want special prayer, we want to pray with you. As we raise our hands. Let's remember Michael Kirk. Let's remember Larry Grass. Belinda, have we gotten anything? Nothing. Let's remember Larry. Let's remember Clifford Polly. Let's remember Maddox. I love you, Lord. Oh, your mercy never fails me. All my days, I've been held in your hands. From the moment that I wake up until I lay my head, 
I will sing of the goodness of God. And all my life you have been faithful. All my life you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am able, I will sing of the goodness of God. I love your voice. You have led me through the fire. In darkest night, you are close like no other. I've known you as a father. I've known you as a friend. And I have lived in the goodness of God. Thanks for listening with us today. We hope that you have been challenged, inspired, or God has changed you somehow or in some way by what you have heard. If you would like to learn more about Fountain of Life Worship Center, find us at our website at folwc.com, on Facebook at facebook.com slash folwc, or in person. If you have a prayer request that you would like us to join in praying with you, please head to our prayer page at folwc.com slash prayer and click the image that reads prayer request. If you'd like to support this ministry, you can go to our website, folwc.com, and click Give at the top of the page. Join us every Thursday for a new podcast. Hit subscribe on the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts to keep up with our most recent podcast episode. Have a great day, and God bless you all.